Thanks for downloading this podcast from The Rock of York. We hope it inspires you. If you have any questions or comments, we'd love to hear from you. You can get in touch with us on Twitter, at The Rock of York, or search for The Rock of York on Facebook. And of course, there's the website at www.rockofyork.co.uk. But you probably already knew that. Here's something you might not know. Christmas. It's God in it. Well, let's just pray. Father, thank you. Ah, we get to uh, think about and talk about this this amazing story. So, uh, just let it impact our lives in, in maybe ways it's never done before. In Jesus' name. Okay. So, about two thousand years ago. Almost. Um, the spotlight of history shined in the strangest of places. Now, first of all, I'm not sure whether it shined or shone. I've, I've done, I've done me, well, I thought so, and then I've looked up, and apparently in, in modern past tense now, shined has become a valid way. Apparently, 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 even according to Oxford Dictionary, so I'm in day. So I like shined anyway, because I'm thinking we have a semi illiterate, <laughs> semi illiterate, may, maybe more than semi illiterate um, uh, generation, because, right, don't get upset, because we rely on spell check. We never had spell check. You know, auto-correct, auto-suggest. So, you know, I regularly see people getting their wares wrong. W-H-E-R-E, W-E-R-E, their theirs, T-H-E-R-E, T-H-E-I-R. So, I thought shined, probably more of us would understand than shone, okay? I like shined, it's kind of, that's pretty clear, isn't it? Shined must be like the past tense of shine, so having said that, um, the spotlight of history shined in, in the strangest of places. The, the events on which it shined may well be the greatest story ever told. Um, to this extent that the story has leapt off the pages of history and into the lives of billions of ordinary people, of whom I am one. Therefore, therefore I propose to you that this may be the greatest story ever told for, for that reason. I, I can't think of any other story that has had such a social and personal impact as this story. So I think for that reason it validates the, the possibility of it, it being that. Now, when you look at this story, both the context and the content are interesting because... We have an unnotable town called Bethlehem um, with a non-existent reputation. It, it was known for being small and being least. In fact, it's referred to this way. Uh, oh, Bethlehem in Judah, you are not the least among the princes of Judah, for out of you will come a governor. So it was known as, it, it, the mentality was, this is the least. We are the least. Um, we are small. 
Uh, and also, um, also, it's about an unknown couple. Because you didn't know the word before you knew the word, did you? They're not yet married. Um, with, with unnotable names, Mary and Joseph. I mean, that's not very creative, is it? I mean, if you're going to write a story to shake the world, um, you know, Mary and Joseph is like, what shall we call Mary and Joseph? How about that? Well, it sounds okay to me. You know, I mean, it's like, it's like not, not the kind of names that you would even notice in the list or, or, or stop in your reading of them. And these people, invisible to almost all, probably except their family, there's, there's nothing that... They were not the Kardashians of, of, of zero AD, okay? They were not, okay? This was not at home with the Kardashians. So, so almost invisible. What One of them became invisible again very quickly, only remembered when the story is, is read again. Um, and yet it's built around their story. So, so this guy, Joseph, he, he kind of, you know, he makes his appearance on the stage. The spotlight hits him. Hi, I'm Joseph. And um, he is engaged to this teenage girl who gets pregnant. She says, because an angel came and said she would be, and that it was by the Spirit. And just, you know, you just think about the, think about the, that in its context, I mean, just weird for her, um, difficult for him, and uh, yet this guy kind of pops up, and then he, then he pops off the stage again, and that's it. That, that's he's done, finished, you know. So you don't hear anything about Joseph after basically after Jesus been presented at the temple, and you know, at twelve years of age, and poof, he's he's gone. He's he's played his part. He's 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 done his bit in this. Strange spotlight of history, shining on the strangest of places and the strangest of people. It's like, why should the spotlight hit this town called Bethlehem and hit this couple called Mary and Joseph? Because there's no, there's no qualifying reason other than purpose for either of them to be shined on with the spotlight. So... This guy, this guy Joseph as well, I just, just, just take a minute um, to talk about him because the, um, in the message version of the Bible, in, in, when it talks about him in, in the book of Luke, and it, it says that you know, his wife had become uh, pregnant and an angel had told him, don't worry, don't be afraid, make her your wife, and all, whatever you think about angels visiting and all that, that stuff, we'll talk about that in a minute. But um, the, guy who, the guy who did the message, which is kind of a paraphrased version of the Bible, uses a lovely phrase, which again, because of our semi-illiteracy, being very kind, um, many people won't have a clue what the word chagrined means, right? But being a wordsmith like myself who love words, Peterson said, and Joseph, chagrined but noble. Well, chagrin means this, okay? You are pretty ticked off, okay? That's what it means, Right. He could have said that. Been easier, wouldn't it, James? Hey. <laughs> to say Joseph was pretty ticked. Uh, and he was. Uh, but he was noble. What that means is that Joseph made choices beyond his feelings. 
He made choices beyond how he felt. He made, he made choices higher than his confusion. Okay, that's probably a good way to put it. Joseph, chagrined but noble, ticked off, but having something about him, made choices which were higher than his confusion. I like that. I, I, I think, you know, sometimes we, we, we lose the issue of actually being men and women of virtue, actually having some substance to us other than this pathetic, entitled, all about me, how much I can get and who I can stand on to get their attitude. I think being a noble person, being a good person is a good thing. And uh, so it says this about Joseph. He, he made choices beyond his confusion. I, I, wish, I wish my prayer for you tonight is that some of you will make choices beyond your confusion. Okay? Because what it shows is that confusion doesn't have to dictate the choices that you make. That's Joseph's great lesson. Confusion, your wife's pregnant, God did it. Okay? Pretty confusing. But he made choices beyond his confusion. See, so so I, I would propose to you that that, that we can do that. And, and maybe if we do that, some of the impact that that occurred from that choice might occur for us. So here we're back in this this spotlight in the strangest of places on the strangest of people. Because these these two, Mary and, and Joseph, became part of a phenomenon having no idea at the time it would occur in the pages of history. So, these guys weren't playing to the gallery, okay? Lo, I am Mary. So Mary didn't have a blue, blue smock with the white thing and a halo, okay? Joseph's looking very saintly. Th- these, guys, these guys had no concept that what they were becoming involved in would occur in the pages of history. So, history gives us no warning about who will be remembered and what will be recorded. So, just as sure as this young couple there didn't know that but were, maybe, maybe, maybe you might be remembered in the spotlight of history because you don't have to know it's going to happen for it to begin to happen. It's just that something notable happens within your participation in what can seem like in our lives a play that's acting out. Different people on stage, but the spotlight coming on this. Now, um, I think it was a phenomenon. A teenage girl, a carpenter, and a baby. And, and oh, did we mention the word virgin? Probably should mention that, shouldn't we? Uh, it kind of makes the story a little more far-fetched. That, that within here... Yeah, yeah, this, this, is, this is a little different because, because the girl is going to give birth to a baby but she hasn't had sex with the man so the baby is not the product of a man but it will be the product of 
of her womb because she's still a virgin. Get your head around that. Now, now, personally, I do not believe that the story of the virgin birth is allegorical. You understand what an allegory is? It, it's, it's, it's a picture that's giving pictures about something, but it's not actually... It's something that's saying something about something else. I, I don't believe it's symbolic. I believe in the virgin birth. Um, I think God help our world if there was no virgin birth. Because it means things can only be born through a natural process. But what if things can be born through a supernatural process? What if, what if still on the stage of time... In the spotlight of history, things still get born in our life that, that are not the result of a, of a natural process that, that actually, just like the old prophets wrote 700 years before, the virgin will be with child and bring forth a son. That's like this is really getting outside of... Yeah, it is, and it's supposed to. Uh, and if we have no virgin birth, I, I, I sometimes question whether we have a message, whether we actually have anything to say. Because if stuff can only happen through natural process, then God help us, because natural process doesn't always produce the result that we would like in the context of, of life. But just suppose this is true, doesn't it really give hope, not only to our world, but to me and to you, that that you think, God, good Lord, this does, does this really mean then that, that things can be born outside of natural process? A virgin will be with child. See, it wasn't God showing off. It was God expressing the deepest, the deepest longings of his heart that we would grasp something about him that that began in the very beginning, that, that said, listen, something can come out of nothing. Natural process is not necessary in the context of what I am capable of doing. I believe that. And I think it would help some of you to begin to believe that again. See, see I think there might be a message in the theme emerging here. Just speculating. See, we do know that there has been an impact way beyond the event itself that may suggest it was more than just an event. Whatever side of the tracks you run, you cannot, you cannot deny the impact of this event. The impact that has gone beyond this event, therefore I propose to you, it was more than just an event. So, so the message and the theme I, I see throughout the whole of this amazing book called the Bible, which, which is basically this, that, that, that these people were ordinary and yet chosen. They were unnotable and yet being noticed. They were of no particular reputation, but they were special. I, I think there's a theme there that's the whole purpose of the Bible that says to you, ordinary yet chosen. Unnotable yet noticed. No particular reputation yet special. That's the story here. Mary and Joseph, even their names are so flipping common, 
that it's like you can find a Mary and a Joseph around every corner, but that's the point. That's the point. Young girl, young guy engaged, that's the point. Little town in the middle of nowhere, not known for anything, that's the point. That's God's point. That's the design. Because you're ordinary but chosen. You, you are unnotable yet noticed. You, you're of no particular reputation yet you're special. And above all, the message is this. Extraordinary things happen to ordinary people. I like that. Extraordinary things happen to ordinary people. Here's Mary minding her own business, doing whatever she was doing, dressed in blue with the white thing on and kneeling, praying. And she sees something. The Bible calls it an angel. It probably was. It probably was an angel. Whatever it was, it freaked her out, which you would, wouldn't it? It's just probably 16 years old, minding your own business in your bedroom, and then, you know, suddenly this thing shows up. Hail Mary, Mother of God, bless What? You're highly favoured. I mean, just... Same thing with Joseph. He's thinking, uh-huh, pregnant, mm-hmm. Figure this one out. He's trying to figure it out. Similar thing happens. Poof. And uh, he's written that he was visited by an angel and the angel talked to him. Now, now rationally, rationally, um, in our world and with the knowledge of science we have, you could have a thousand arguments against that, but a thousand arguments don't necessarily mean it wasn't real. Because I would propose to you that all of us have had strange experiences of one kind or another, uh, spiritual experiences, however intense and to whatever extent, um, some of us have seen stuff and we're not nuts, okay? A lot of us have heard stuff and didn't know why we were hearing it. The times we've been warned, the times we just... We just so why is it so far-fetched that actually that might be seen physically? But what I love is the point is not God showing off. The point is God saying extraordinary things happen to ordinary people. The great qualification for, for this gospel does not come from our efforts or our notability. The great qualification for this thing called the gospel of Jesus Christ comes from our ordinariness. And the more we settle to our ordinariness, the more we are positioned for extraordinary things because extraordinary things happen to ordinary people. That's the whole book is about that. Extraordinary things happening to ordinary people. So you might be a legend in your own mind. You may be a legend in your own lunchtime. But if you're honest, you're pretty ordinary and so am I. This world will probably never know you exist. This country will probably never know you exist. This city probably will never know you exist. Your street probably for most of you will never know you exist. And for some of you, your neighbour will never know you exist. 
For some of you, sadly, your husband or your wife, you think, doesn't know that you exist. But that's another topic. So, ordinariness has been made the primary qualification for extraordinary works of God. Isn't that wonderful? It's good to be ordinary. And whatever little fame you may gain, and how many people may ever know your name, in the context of the bigger picture of history, you're just ordinary. But that's good. That qualifies us because the whole message is, the whole theme is, that extraordinary things happen to ordinary people. That's the Christmas story. Maybe the old Jewish prophet was right. A guy called Isaiah, 700 years before the birth of Christ when he said the people walking in darkness have seen a great light and on those living in the shadow of death a light has dawned that's how he described it a pretty poetic guy like myself that's how he described it the people walking in darkness seen a great light those living in the land of the shadow of death a light has dawned and, and the ancient author Matthew who was the author of the Gospel of Matthew, the first Gospel in the New Testament, seemed to think that too. And he repeated this statement. And he believed that Jesus was that light. And, and I have to say that I agree with him. That this is what had dawned and what had dawned and showed what can happen to ordinary people. When those ordinary people respond to what has been shown to them. So, here's the issue. Is there a point in life where it's not about what you can prove, but about what you're willing to believe. I want to throw that at you. Is there a point in life where it's not about what you can prove, but about what you're willing to believe? You see, none of the events of this story were about what you thought you could prove. They were all about what you were willing to believe. And I think sometimes we rob ourselves and rob others of this wonderful power called the power to believe. Because we think that if we can reason everything, if we can prove everything, somehow we will have a better life, a better world, and we'll know what it's all about. I propose to you that the opposite is true. That there is a point in life that's not about what you can prove, but about what you're willing to believe. A world with no mystery, no miracles, no fantasy, no magic, is a poorer world. And its people are poorer because of it. Just maybe is a powerful inspiration in the melee of life. Just maybe. I think I saw an, able, uh, an angel. Just, just maybe it was true. And, and the angel said, even though I'm a virgin, that life's going to come into me. And just maybe it might be true. Joseph, she wasn't pregnant by some other guy. It's okay. Don't be afraid. She's pregnant by the Holy Spirit. God has done something in her. Don't be afraid of this. Just maybe that is true was Joseph's feeling and it changed everything and you see see for all of us if we can get back in our lives and the Christmas story does this more than ever the just may just maybe there might be a miracle waiting to happen just just maybe that same thing that produced life not by normal means just maybe just maybe that that same life is actually 
here with me. And, and just maybe I might be changed tonight. Just, just maybe my body might be healed. Just, just maybe I might find life in distress. Just, just, just maybe hope might come. Just, just maybe fear might, might be lifted. Just maybe... I don't care whether we call it magic or miracle. I, 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 don't, I don't care. Because miracles are magic. And magic is miracle. Because it both does the same thing. What I do notice is this, that active cooperation after an initial objection appears the norm. Right? So who am I, Mary says, who am I that my Lord should want to do that? It's the initial objection, who am I? I think before that's like, oh, who the heck are you? But, you know, nice, who am I? It's very evident Joseph's initial objection was, I'm struggling to accept the situation I find myself in, because I can only by my natural mind see one cause and one outcome, an initial objection. And I would propose to you that, that in the realm of miracle, in the realm of God's magic, God's supernatural, the extraordinary, that, that very often our response is an initial objection followed by cooperation. The, but God, do you read the Bible? But God, I am not worthy of this. But God, I'm this. But God, I can't speak. But God, I can't. Initial objections are always popping up because what we tend to do, we, we hear this and think, ah, oh, that just maybe is wonderful. But, right, there you go, there's your initial objection. You know, just maybe my body could be healed, but. You know, just maybe I could find peace, but. Just maybe my relationship could work. But, there's the initial objection, you see. It's, it's the but that we have. But I'm not good enough, but I'm not worthy. But he, but she, but he. But I see, to get this, this whole point of this purpose was the baby was not born out of natural process. Do you see what's coming here? Okay? But I'm not, but I am a virgin. But, I've, but, 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 yeah. So, so after our initial objection, what, what needs to come is is an active cooperation. So here's what Mary finally said. I love the word. She said, let it be to me like you have said. She has not got a clue how the heck this can possibly happen. Right? You're a virgin. You're going to get pregnant. So you figured that? So she said, well, all I can do is cooperate, okay? If, if you do extraordinary things with ordinary people, I qualify, here I am, let's go ahead. And there seems to be something dynamic in that willingness to cooperate. The, 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 the whole issue of not what I can prove, but what I'm willing to believe. I'm willing to believe the just maybe, let it be to me as you have said. Joseph said, okay. Took Mary. So, so whatever your butts are tonight, whatever your, your initial objections, what I want to get you to is you can come past that just like these ordinary people of no note and no reputation push past that to the place of belief. 
and active cooperation that says just maybe, just maybe this pain can, can subside, just, just maybe this burden in my heart, just maybe... So here's my final statement. If you have the courage to believe, to give yourself to the wonderful absurdity that is this moment of magic, maybe, just maybe, the wonder of wonders might become your wonder of wonders. Ordinary people, God chooses... Ordinary people, ordinary people just like me and you who are willing to believe and cooperate. It's a great song that says, be born in us today. Because that's catching that spirit. And, and that's what God wants today from this Amazing thing of yesterday on which the light of history shine, born in, in you. Just maybe, just maybe, just maybe. And you can say, let it be to me. We're brought back to a place of miracle. We're brought back to a place of magic. We're brought back to a place of extraordinary things happening to ordinary people. And those extraordinary things can be on you, the ordinary person. If beyond the objection of the but, you say, okay, just maybe, so let's give this a go. Let it be to me, as you have said, by heads with me. If you're willing, you're able. If you're ordinary, you qualify. If you believe, you receive and you see. And what I said earlier, I'm not telling you Jesus is the answer, I'm telling you Jesus is the question. Extraordinary things happening to ordinary people. I I, I so want you tonight to believe and reach out for your miracle. It may be for a knowledge of forgiveness. It may be for a peace that passes understanding. It, 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 It may be for a stilling of the storm of turmoil. It, it, It may be for the healing of a sickness. It might be for the the healing of a troubled mind it might be into your hopes and desires and and dreams but it's the same moment it's the same miracle it's the same presence it's the same voice and we qualify and so i believe that tonight in the same way the spotlight of history is shining on the strangest of places because it's shining here in the rock it's shining on me and it's shining on you And the miracle of what we know as the first Christmas is a miracle made available to every man, woman, boy and girl. Because this was the point.
that extraordinary things happen to ordinary people and that extraordinary that happens is that Jesus shows up in me, in you. I want you to believe and receive tonight. You're on the brink of your miracle. You're on the brink of what I would call supernatural pregnancy. Emmanuel, God with us, God with you, God in you. So we're going to pray right now. Father, on every hungry heart, I pray your spirit will descend right now, just like it did in that room all that time ago, depositing onto the inside something that had not previously been there, but which would now become the very expression of heaven itself. I pray for that miracle tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. So, I guess you can really say Happy Christmas when you understand that. All right, we're done. Thanks, everybody. If you've worked all day, go home and get some rest. We love you, and we'll see you for the show next Saturday. Thanks for listening. You might not be aware that The Rock is funded completely through donations from people like yourself. So if you feel like you're part of our community, it would be great if you could make a contribution by visiting our website at www.rockofyork.co.uk and just click on the donate button for more information. Thanks again.